Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The tongue has no bones, but bones it crashes. That is a Greek proverb, and I'll talk to you more in a minute about its significance, but hello and welcome to Tennis Podcast, the show where every week, me and one of my rotating guest sidekick hosts discuss a different top tennis list. Every week, the top tennis list is known by one of us and a surprise to the other. Every list includes researched fun facts, trivia, and hot takes hotter than even Hades himself could handle. My name is Nick, and today I am joined by one of our most frequent sidekick hosts, the man with a booty clap that could rival the thunderclaps from Zeus himself, Dr. Buster. My native name is Thunder Cheeks. And that opening quote, very inspirational, I was kind of curious about what it meant, but then I remembered, I too have had a tongue wreck a couple of bones of mine, and I know exactly what you're referencing. Oh, baby. The tongue has no bones, but bones it crashes. Oh, it, it's crashed a couple bones. It means uh, your words can hurt. Hmm. Not literally, though. That's not where I was going with that, but now mm-hmm. I see the interpretation. Buster, where are you coming to us from today? The internet. Okay. Depending on what podcast app they listen to, that's exactly where I'm coming from. You got any other dumbass questions? Wisconsin, maybe? Yep. Central Wisconsin, everyone. Out there in central Wisconsin, are you feeling like the local community is good on their Greek mythology? No. okay they don't know greek mythology and why are you a greek god atheist buster who said i was you think you're better than the greek gods you believe and worship and trust the greek gods well maybe not all of them but some of them depending on what Mm. utility i find in each of them depends on the season of life so really it's what can the god do for you not what you can do for the god is that what i'm hearing well that's kind of what we're taught when we hear greek mythology and all the stories you're supposed to praise the appropriate god for the appropriate circumstance I don't understand. There is no booty clap God. So how did you become so bestowed with booty clapping gifts? Which God did you pray to? Sometimes you're so good at something you don't need help from somebody else. And that's the case with the booty clap. I don't need Poseidon's grace. I don't need Zeus's, you know, (laughs) blessing to perform the booty clap of Uh a generation. But I know Zeus would be right there marveling with the rest of us. He would tell his wife, now I'm totally done having sex with anybody else but you. I'm going to be so devoted. And then literally five seconds later, she's me doing the booty clap. And he's like, I'm having sex with that boy over there. <laughs> I recently listened to even that boy over there. <laughs> it is that fast and that hypocritical. I, I mentioned on a previous episode, I listened to Stephen Fry's retelling of the Greek uh, myth origins. It's called Mythos. Very good listen on Audible. 
And all the stories of Zeus are so incriminating, just like that. He's such a petulant little child who says one thing and does the exact opposite five minutes later. Especially when it comes to being faithful. They're pretty much all like that. Yeah, they're not all upstanding citizens. Spoiler alert. They're not like the Christian God that many of us know today. Although he's an asshole too, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Before we get going, I want to remind our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel because you can find full episodes of the podcast, one minute visual trailers for every episode, video versions where you can see me and my sidekick host on camera as unpleasing as those sidekick hosts may sometimes be to look at. And also live episodes like the one we did recently in April. And we have more of those planned as well. So subscribe now at youtube.com slash tennis podcast. Or just check the show notes. We have links to all of our social on there. You try to make it easy as possible for the dum-dums out there like myself. We got a lot of dum-dums listening. I I think that's kind of a prerequisite to even listen to this podcast. You got to be somewhat of a dum-dum. But I'm going to educate you today. This is a dense episode because there's so much to talk about. thick, gelatinous. Greek mythology is the collection of ancient stories concerning the origin and nature of the world, the lives and the activities of deities, heroes, and mythological creatures, and more. The Greek myths were initially propagated in an oral poetic tradition starting in the 18th century BC. That's a long-ass time ago. Eventually, the myths of the heroes of the Trojan War and its aftermath became part of the oral tradition of Homer's epic poems, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Buster, where do you stand on Greek mythology? You dig it? Where do I stand? You just asked me where I was, central Wisconsin, bub. Well, you're not standing, bub, if we're going to get literal. What do I think about Greek mythology? I stutter? I need to go through the whole intro again? Or are you ready to pay attention? I should keep in mind, and I think the audience should also keep in mind, how old they are. Yeah? How far back, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, humans were kind of coming up with these stories. They're a snapshot in time of what people dealt with, what they thought about, etc. That being said, they don't age very well. They're not very modern. Some of the lessons there are still timeless, but a lot of things seem so silly and trite. Like, there's one particular story about Apollo, who's supposed to be one of the more ethically sound gods, but he gets jealous and very, very concerned over his prized cattle, his, like, favorite steer. And that's the thing that Apollo cares the most about, is his range of cattle. That's kind of a sign of the times, because they didn't have any other possessions. You know, you, you small temples, whatever, some coins. Livestock. What did you want him to be mad about? His iPhone being stolen? It's just very clear. It's like a snapshot in time of the things that they dealt with on a daily basis. Right. The Greeks, these are ancient peoples. They're coming up with stories and guesses as to how the world was formed and how things happen. So to refresh everyone's minds who are not as familiar or haven't heard about Greek mythology lately, although you have because it's all over the world, it's integrated into our culture. Uh, Some classic stories from Greek mythology include Icarus flying too close to the sun. That's a good story. Well, Icarus was a little dummy and stole Apollo's chariot off a false promise. No, wasn't Icarus the one he made the wings of wax or something and he flew too close to the sun and so that melted? despite his father's warnings. I may be getting two stories mixed up. They do kind of run together. But also there's Pandora's box. Mm. The story of Hercules. Medusa, the snake-haired woman who could turn men to stone. Am I right? Just classic lady things. They'd be shopping, they'd be gossiping, and they'd be turning men to stone. Am I right? Most of these stories involve the ancient Greek 
gods. Now, I've quite a little intro here, so bear with me, but I'm going to go over the briefest version possible. I've already fell asleep twice, so if you really could get on with it, it'd be nice. That's why I I thought this episode was flowing a little better than normal. That's why you must have fallen asleep a few times. Next year's tax season is coming up soon, 2024, and I don't want to be late for that, so just please push it through. All right, this is a brief history of Greek gods in Greek mythology. The most widely accepted version is reported by Hesiod, Hesoid, in his Theogony. <laughs> Theod- I don't fucking know, man. Theogony? Theogony? Theogony. Well, it's spelled Theogony. Theogony. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Theogony. He begins with chaos, a yawning nothingness. Out of the void emerged Gaia, the earth, and some other primary divine beings. Gaia gave birth to Uranus. Hey. Pause for laughter which was the sky, who then fertilized her. Oh, baby. From that union were born the first titans, six males and six females. One of those titans was Cronus. And after that, Gaia and Uranus decided no more titans to be born. Titans, by the way, were the second generation of Greek gods. Cronus was convinced by Gaia to castrate his father, Uranus. (laughs) That's the other thing about these gods, man. They're so petty and like revenge-driven. Yeah. They love to get revenge on each other. They can't just chill. They're very driven by pride and honor. And testicles, because this guy, Cronus, (laughs) he castrates his own father, takes his testes, and he becomes the ruler of the Titans with his sister wife, Rhea. Now, Buster, how many sister wives do you have? Well, at any given time, I kind of lose track, so somewhere between 6 and 13. Okay, just make sure they're all subscribed to Tennis Pod Plus for ad-free and early access to Tennis Podcast episodes. I sign them all up each on our wedding day. It's part of tradition now. Okay, that's your wedding gift. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of many. So because Cronus had betrayed his father, remember that Cronus chopped off his father's winky? Uh, he betrayed his father. He f- so because he did that, he himself, Cronus, feared that his offspring would do the same. And so each time his sister wife, Rhea, gave birth, he snatched up the child and ate it so that that child could not grow up and betray him. Mmm, little snack. So Rhea hated this and tricked him by hiding Zeus. She wrapped a stone in Zeus's baby blanket, which Cronus ate. I guess he thought babies, bones, and stones taste the same. So Zeus hid from his father Cronus. When he grew up, he fed Cronus a drugged drink, which caused him to vomit. That caused Cronus to throw up all the other children, Zeus's brothers and sisters, which were Makes Poseidon. Sense. Hades, Hestia, Demeter, and Hera. And the stone that had all been sitting in Cronus's tummy this whole time. Are you with me so far? Oh, yeah. Taking rapturous notes. Okay. Zeus then challenged Cronus, his father, to war for kingship of the gods. Zeus and his siblings were victorious, while Cronus and the other titans were hurled down to imprisonment in the underworld. Thus began the reign of the third generation of Greek gods, the Olympian gods. The Olympian gods make up most of the gods that we all recognize today, like Zeus. You still don't know the topic for today, do you? Top 10 ordered Greek foods. Some listeners might be wondering, well, I've heard about Roman gods, like Jupiter and Neptune. So what's the difference between those sumbitches and the Greek sumbitches? Well, first of all, Greek mythology predates Roman mythology by over a thousand years, which is fucking nuts. Get out of here, son. Like, the Romans seem ancient, but Greeks were a thousand years before that. So, for example, Homer's The Iliad, which is where a ton of Greek mythology comes from, is the Iliad and the Odyssey from Homer. 
That was written 700 years before Roman civilization even came into formation. So, because the Greeks were first, the Romans were heavily influenced by Greek culture, and the Romans identified their own gods with those of the ancient gods who were closely historically related, such as Zeus and Jupiter, and reinterpreted myths about Greek deities under the name of the Romans' counterparts. In other words, Romans took the Greek gods and basically just Romanized them. They gave them Roman versions of the name. The gods are pretty much the same. There's some differences, but pretty much the same. Now, Greek mythology emphasizes the importance of the good deeds mortals performed on earth, while Roman mythology was different because Romans did not put emphasis on the work of mortal heroes because Roman mythology believed in an afterlife. Kind of neat, right? Okay. So, last thing is the list. What are you talking about? So, of course, we want to talk about Greek gods today, but how do you do a list for that, right? There's no definitive list. So, I looked upon the internet and I found what looked to be the most credible and logical of all the lists I could find for the top 10 most powerful gods and goddesses in Greek mythology. Mm. The list comes from list25.com. This is the most powerful gods and goddesses in Greek mythology, according to this editor's opinion. I also pulled some stats from Britannica, Ancient History Lists, and Wikipedia. There, I'm done with my long intro. The most powerful. So they are arranged by people compiling examples and anecdotes from various Greek stories to try Mm -hmm. to rank in order how powerful they were. Yep. We're actually doing the top 12. The top 12. Most of these, the average person has at least heard the name, the word. These words, these names are in everyday culture. So, Buster, who's your favorite geek god or goddess? Oh, you know, they're all so likable and redeeming. (laughs) They all have such great character qualities, and they definitely never annoy me. But, you know, I did like... uh, Let me try to remember. I think it's Artemis. She kind of wanted to be left alone and to do her own thing. She was kind of vengeful and spiteful, but... It was always in kind of a badass manner. She wasn't so petty and didn't like to get wrapped up in the doings and the gossip of the other gods. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be out in the forest by herself, hunting, fishing. Artemis is the goddess of the hunt and the forest and the moon. And of course, your favorite goddess or god is not in the top 12 because you're an idiot. And she's number 14. Now, Buster, well, there these- you go. These ancient peoples, why did they need these Greek gods in their life? Which were essentially made up out of thin air. But they didn't think that. Right, but like someone at some point was the first person to like circulate these stories, right? Sure. I was actually, I looked this up because I'd always been under the impression that essentially 99% of all Greek people believed in these gods being literal beings. And a lot of them did, but it's actually more like today's religion. Like modern Christians. Some Christians believe the Bible is literal. There really was an ark. There really was a big fish that swallowed Jonah. Whereas other Christians believe they're metaphors. And those things didn't literally happen. They're used just as lessons. Mm. And I read that that's the, the way Greeks were. Some Greek people in ancient times literally believed these things. And there was also a section of Greek people that knew these things probably weren't actually literal, but they still used them to guide their principles and things. Sure. Just like your principles and morals are guided by Lizzo. Yeah, because I try to be the baddest (laughs) bitch no matter what. (laughs) It's Mm. about damn time. Yep. So give me another god or goddess. (sighs) 
I mentioned him earlier. Kind of stands out as the golden boy, but he gets wrapped up in his own little hubris-inspired arguments with the other gods. But people really like to talk about him with sundown, sunset. And I'm going to go with Apollo. Apollo, as in Apollo 13 and all kinds of other shit. Apollo Creed. Uh, He is number six on the top 12 most powerful Mm. gods in Greek mythology. He's been recognized as the, and I th- actually he's the twin brother of Artemis, that first goddess you mentioned. Uh, he's been recognized as a god of archery, music and dance, truth and prophecy, healing and disease, the sun and light, poetry and more. And he's one of the most important and complex of the Greek gods, the son of Zeus, twin brother of Artemis. Like I mentioned, his Roman equivalent god is Phoebus. Uh, he is seen as the most beautiful god. Mm. All the gods and goddesses were very beautiful and appealing to look at, right? Yes, but some of their descriptions get so silly and there's no way you could identify. They're like, oh, trust me, they're the most beautiful. But then Apollo, even more beautiful than that. And then Aphrodite, even more beautiful than that. Aphrodite, what the fuck, bud? Spoilers. Fuck, we're talking about Apollo. You don't need to go into these other gods and goddesses. You've never been on the show before? Hey. Sorry, when I'm talking about the gods that I naturally am attracted to, think about during certain Mm. intimate moments in my life, it just slipped out. So please forgive me. You're forgiven. Apollo, the most beautiful god, he's considered the god of healing and medicine. But when enraged, because all these gods are stupidly petty, he would bring about death and despair with his arrows. He would harness his four-horse chariot and move the sun across the sky every single day, providing light and life to the earth. Yeah, the story I referenced earlier is somebody tricked him in to a contest and they said if i win i get to be at the reins of your chariot and i get to ride across the sun during a sunrise and sunset and he said no 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 no. that's not a good idea it's not a good idea this kid's pretty young the kid ends up winning tricking apollo holding him to his word apollo regretfully hands over the reins tries to teach him the things to keep the horses under control doesn't work doesn't go well Kid ends up dying in a blaze of glory and something happens. It's the origination of something. It's not fire. So something happens. Uh, oh, it's the origin of the deserts. That's right, because he comes, he brings the sun too close to the earth, kind of scours the landscape, and that was the beginning of the deserts. And every time I hear a story like that, and that we're going to go over lots of stories like that, there's stories that explain something that happened on earth, like the deserts. A lot of people listening might be like, that's so ridiculous. Why would anybody believe that? But then you look around and say, oh, people think that Noah lined up animals two by two into this ark and floated. Like, a lot of modern shit people believe in are just as stupid as this ancient mythology. And these people didn't have the benefit of technology and knowledge and education. (laughs) So, A lot of it is what your surrounding culture tells you from a very, very, very young age. This stuff is true. And that, all the other stuff over there, that's silly. Right. That's the truth you know. So when you're surrounded by it at all times, that becomes the truth. And anything otherwise is ridiculous. Sure. All right. Well, Apollo's number six. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I don't remember exactly what she's a god of, but her name comes to mind from my recent listening to Stephen Fry's Mythos. I'm going to go with... Hephaestus. It's funny that you listen to that because I didn't even know that. And that's probably like equipping you to guess this list better than you would have been. Yeah. It is. It is. Without it, I'd be lost because I'd only be able to tell you three or four names. But I've been briefed pretty well. And I read that back in January or listened to it on Audible. It's a very good experience. Go check it so out. I think you're smarter than us, is what you're saying. Stephen Fry's Mythos. I'll try not to mention it again. Thank you. Goodbye. Everybody take a drink every time he mentions the book Mythos because it's going to become. Uh, Hephaestus, I think, is one of the lesser known gods on this list. You know, doesn't have the name and brand of a Zeus or an Apollo, but he is the ninth strongest, most powerful god according to this list. He's the god of fire and metalworking. I thought Hephaestus got it. Okay. Right? Do I have that wrong? No, Hephaestus is a he. Hephaestus? Yeah. Yep, you're right. Okay. Well, everyone else take a drink whenever... Nick's right and Buster's wrong. You'll be drunk within the end of the minute. Depicted with hammers and tongs, a tong, tong, tongs. In Greek mythology, he was the son of Zeus and Hera, or he was Hera's asexual child, depending on which account you read. Let's get it going. As a smithing god, Hephaestus made all the weapons of the gods in Olympus. He served as the blacksmith of the gods and worshipped in the manufacturing and industrial centers of Greece. So, if you were a blacksmith, you would worship and pray to Hephaestus to help you out. A god of the people. The working man. It's funny that he's a god and he's still... A very blue-collar god. He's a god with a blue-collar job. Yeah, what's the... Like, what's even the benefit of being a god? You still gotta make this shit for your brothers and sisters and Mount Olympus. Wow, Nick, you elitist <laughs> ass. Nothing redeeming about blue-collar professions? Okay, they're not godly to you? No, I, I just mean he's a god. Like, when you think of a god, you think of this exalted being that doesn't have to do, like, hard labor, but... This guy's still... Let me guess, is your favorite god the one that does podcasting? That's right, the podcasting god, Tenisphistus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> depicted often with hot dogs for arms and a giant ass. Origin of hot dogs and peanut butters <laughs> and... Peanut butters, as if it's like one of many sensual oils. Yeah, all the peanut butters, the crunchy, the smooth... <laughs> Then there'd be some dumbass story about how the crunchy and smooth <laughs> peanut butters broke apart at once. There was only smooth. Yeah. And at one time, they were the waters of the earth, but they were replaced mm. by Poseidon, uh, who was a vengeful god. Right. Yeah. And it was like 
it was a treaty. It was a bargain. Poseidon mm-hmm. would actually get to win and, and take over. Anyway, yeah. we digress. They all have stories like that, yeah. So as the blacksmithing god Hephaestus, uh, his Roman equivalent is Vulcan. Hephaestus was an interesting god that in many ways he was so different from the rest that we've kind of talked about that. For one, he was the only, quote, ugly god of the immortals. Mm, which means he was only a 9.7 out of 10. Right. All the other gods were these beautiful 10 out of 10s. These Nick out of Nicks, you might say. Oh, right. And Hephaestus was the buster of the group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? The worst of the best. Hephaestus was also kind and peace-loving, qualities that escaped many of the other deities who were often quick-tempered and jealous, as we've established. Now, Hephaestus was also married to Aphrodite, a product of an arranged marriage to keep the other gods from fighting over the most beautiful goddess. So they gave her to someone who was more hideous because they were like, Oof, we're going to yeah. chain her down to that hideous monster and she's going to be unhappy about it. But hey, at least none of us can chase after her and try to unconsensually have sex with her. <laughs> unconsensually. They still tried. But also, Hephaestus is not only the, uh, the you know, making the... Manufa- what is he doing? He's blacksmithing like the weapons for all these guys. Is that Hephaestus, not his Hephaestus, like he's some character from Gunsmoke. <laughs> It's Hephaestus. You don't fucking know. You thought it was a she. Well, that's true. We're learning here on Tennis Pod. Yeah. Well, speaking of learning, why don't you learn us another guess, you Greek mm. atheist scumbag? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another one that I'm not sure exactly what they did, but because they're not as popular, I think they're not going to be as powerful. Dionysus. Dionysus is on here. Where do you think he falls? Number eight. Number five, Jackass. Number five is Dionysus, Mm. and he doesn't belong on this list. I mean, look at this. I'm not going to give you the names, but on this list, some of these you haven't guessed. You got the god of fire, the god of the sea, the god of thunder, the god of speed, the god of war. And then with Dionysus, you got the god of wine. (laughs) God of wine and ecstasy. How far can you get through a bottle of wine and maintain your faculties? It can be pretty powerful. This guy was a naughty god, and his worshippers were naughty too, because Mm. Dionysus, he's number five. I see him in this picture riding a cheetah naked. Is he really? It does not surprise me. The god of the grape harvest, winemaking, orchards and fruit, vegetation, fertility, festivity, insanity, ritual madness, religious ecstasy, and theater. It just gets more and more insane, and then they tack theater on at the end. (laughs) The Romans called him Bacchus. Now, he is the only god, Dionysus, is the only god who had a mortal parent in the form of Samil, his father being the mighty Zeus, who could not keep his dick in his pants. Zeus was a (laughs) To save his life. Yeah. Uh, So, he, he, (laughs) he had sex with this mortal, and he accidentally killed her after, but she gave birth to Dionysus who was far more interactive with his followers than the other gods because he loves to feast, drink, and live life to the full with them. Now, the cult, the worshippers of this god, revolved around intoxication, sex, and, quote, savage ritual sacrifice. So they sacrificed animals and people in the name of this god, and then they fucked all over each other and got drunk while doing it. Listen, Nick, we don't all spend Saturday nights in the same exact manner. Okay. There's a wide spectrum to human activities and hobbies. Your hobby involves savage ritual sacrifice. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) 
after copious amounts of lovemaking, irresponsibly, <laughs> okay. with people I may or may not know, induced by plenty of wine, mm-hmm. and we also get large jungle cats to ride upon. Well, then they kill them. Yes. Well, hopefully we sacrifice the humans and not the big kitties, because I don't want the kitties getting hurt. No, kitties can't get hurt. Absolutely not. Are you with me? This guy doesn't belong in the top 12 most powerful gods. He's just a party boy. <laughs> Nothing powerful about him. I guess the power of like lust and sex, like that's a huge driving force in humans. Maybe that has something to do with it. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I was just about to say that sexual lust and kind of carnal behavior the gods just can't help themselves from is pretty powerful because it commandeers them in so many of these stories. You're right. So in that way, I guess it is pretty powerful. Zeus uh, probably loved Dionysus. It's like... Dionysus. It's like in Seinfeld when George stops having sex and all of a sudden he's smart, (laughs) intelligent, he wants to have good conversation, picks up new skills and hobbies. And Elaine stops having sex, but she gets dumber. (laughs) That's right. But hopefully our listeners are getting smarter with every passing second. What we could all do with our lives and careers without any sexual urges. Zeus immediately just had a heart attack just because of hearing that even (laughs) as a possibility. He said, life, eternal life upon the heavens and the earth, not worth it. I'm done. He needs to get his big fat Zeus winky wet. (laughs) Speaking of wet winkies, that might be a hint for someone else on this list. A wet winky. A wet winky. Well, that's all of them, (laughs) except for Artemis, because she's out there doing her own thing. Well, which god literally had a wet winky? Well, he had a wet winky because he's underneath the sea most of the time, which he did not enjoy at first, but I think he ended up taking a liking to it. That's Mr. Poseidon. Poseidon. I love Poseidon. Where do you think he falls on the list? Mm, he's pretty powerful, if I remember right. So I'm going to say three. He's number two. Poseidon, god of the sea. Knew it. Now, who is Poseidon's brother? Zeus. Zeus. Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades are the three brothers. And Hades definitely got the rub. He got brought into that deal, yeah. So the way it works is after they overthrew their father, Cronus, because remember, Zeus challenged Cronus and won the war. The world was divided among the three songs. Zeus was given the sky, Hades was given the underworld, and Poseidon was given the sea, with the earth and Mount Olympus belonging to all three. Poseidon uh, presided over the sea, storms, earthquakes, and uh, horses. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they didn't have a god for horses, so they just like tacked him on. Because horses swim. Yep. Poseidon was the protector of seafarers and the guardian of many Hellenic cities and colonies. His Roman equivalent is Neptune of SpongeBob fame, King Neptune. Okay. <laughs> you remember Neptune and SpongeBob? I'm trying to remember. Well, I watched it recently, so it's on the mind. In terms of sheer power, Poseidon came second only to one of his brothers. As well as taming the power of the seas, he also carried a trident, which could cause massive earthquakes with a single strike. And to that I say, like, what if he just dropped the trident on accident when he wasn't trying to? And then boom, earthquake. That happened all the time. Yeah. Sure, he set it up against the wall. I was taking a leak out there in the coral reef. <laughs> trident fell over and the San Andreas Fault just splits in half. Millions die. San Andreas Fault. <laughs> or whatever fault was active 3,000 years ago. Yeah. Maybe that's what's still happening. These gods are still around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, these gods are still out there if this Greek mythology is true. And I I take offense to calling it Greek mythology. I call it Greek theory. Mm, Okay. (laughs) 
So you're telling me that it's not oil companies fracking in the Oklahoma and Kansas areas that's causing the upspring of earthquakes. Actually, Poseidon just getting really upset these days. He's getting a little bit temperamental. And that's what's causing those new earthquakes in the Midwest and Great Plains Could region. Be, but it. he might not even be temperamental. He might just be taking a leak on the coral reefs and the trident falls over, like you said. Sure. He's getting older. Or taking a big dump. <laughs> Maybe Poseidon had one too many trips to the Taco Bell. It was late night. Fourth meal was calling. And he's paying for it for a couple hundred years thereafter. And that's what's causing all these earthquakes. Now I'm just thinking of a Taco Bell drive through and a Poseidon pulls up on one of his chariots to get fourth meal. Okay. I heard the Chalupa was back. <laughs> Chalupa never left, Bob. I am here. Chalupa is a staple. In our town, there's a Taco Bell that I easily forget exists because I don't frequent it. If only High School Buster could hear you now. And a few months ago, I remember through the winter months, on the marquee, all it said was, Tulupa is back! <laughs> Exclamation. See, that's... So that's why I said that. That's the power in advertising. You don't even go there, but you saw their advertisement and you remember it all these months later. And now you're giving Taco Bell free press. Chalupa's back. All right, well, in the Odyssey, the story of the Odyssey, during the sea voyage from Troy back home to Ithaca, the Greek hero Odysseus provokes Poseidon's fury by blinding his son, the Cyclops Polyphemus, resulting in Poseidon punishing him with storms, causing the complete loss of his ship and companions and delaying his return by 10 years. So yeah, don't piss off Poseidon. These gods are all vengeful assholes. He had it coming. He killed his son. He didn't kill him, he blinded him. Oh, blinded him. Well, he only had one eye. You're right. He didn't have an eye to spare. <laughs> didn't have a square to spare, no eye to spare. So let's talk about one of Poseidon's brothers. Who's one of the brothers I mentioned? That'd be Hades down in the underworld, who I'm going to assume is less powerful than Zeus. So coming in, I'm going to guess around four, number four. Man, I wish uh, Hades could take you to the underworld now and educate you on list guessing, because Hades is number three, and I'm sure he took great offense to that, being number four in your book. Knew it. Hades is the god of the dead, the king of the underworld. He's become synonymous with Hades, which is, Hades means the underworld to some people, but it's actually the god's name. Uh, he's the eldest son of Cronus and Rhea. This made him the last son to be regurgitated by his father, because remember, Zeus drugged his father and made his father regurgitate all the children, which for some reason didn't digest over decades. Hades was the last one. His Roman equivalent is Pluto, not Mickey's dog, although that'd be an interesting fan fiction. Hades is typically portrayed holding a bident and wearing his helm with Cerberus, the three-headed guard dog of the underworld, standing to his side. Mm. Now, contrary to common belief, it was not Hades who is responsible for the redemption of souls, but rather the three demigods, Minos, Ikos, and Rhodomontheus, who carry out the judgment. Hades is actually portrayed as a passive god, never portrayed negatively. His role was often maintaining balance. That said, he was depicted as cold and stern and, all, and held his subjects equally accountable by the laws. So he's just a law-abiding rule follower. He's actually not the bad guy like he's portrayed in, say, the Disney movie. Until there's a certain goddess that he covets and yeah, we'll really, really wants. We'll and Zeus says no. Yeah. Oh, we're we'll coming. We'll get to that. Yeah, right. So hold on to that. We'll get to that. What's your thought on Hades, Buster? Hades has his little bad boy moment. I like Hades. He's, been my, he's always been my favorite. I bet you do. <laughs> He's not the devil. Like, people like to think he's the devil and he mm. resides in hell. But in Greek mythology, sorry, Greek theory, not mythology. 
the Greek theory says that when you die, all people go to the underworld, not just the bad ones. So Hades is responsible. And that's where you get sorted out? Yeah. Well, there is no heaven and hell. You know, it's just you're on, you're on oh, Mount Olympus, right. which is only for the gods. So that's kind of like heaven, but only gods live there. And then you got the earth where we all live as mortals. And then when you die, no matter who you are, when you die, you go to the underworld, which is where Hades rules. He's hanging out, sitting there, bending your ear if you'll listen. Of my two brothers and I, I got the short end of the stick. I remember him being very resentful. Now, he took his place. He didn't stand up. He didn't challenge. Didn't get into a war with Zeus or Poseidon. He took his lot. A deal's a deal. He took the underworld, which he thought was going to be a sweet deal over the seas. He thought that he was getting you know, the, better, the better end of the bargain. But he quickly found out he did not like being ruler of the underworld and stuck it out. He's still a rule there follower, today. like I said. He's still there today. Working the grind. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Putting in the hours, putting in the work. What do you think about Greek mythology, Greek theory, sorry. They say that whether you're a good person on earth or a bad person, whether you're a serial killer or a rapist or a saint, no matter who you are on earth, you're all going to the same place. You're all going to the underworld. There's no further sorting out than that. We all just go to the under, I mean, underworld. I don't remember this part of... It's possible that there's different layers and levels there. I didn't get that far, but all I read is that everyone goes to the underworld. Hmm. I think there is a sea down there that you don't want to be in, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't there's know. a three-headed dog down there you don't want to fuck with. I know that. Well, that's for sure. But you can see in Greek mythology and a ton of religions before and after, like they all borrow from each other. Hades and the underworld, Zeus and Mount Olympus. I mean, there's a pretty clear indicator that those stories inspired Christianity, for example. God in heaven, mm. Satan in hell. Errant new ideas. And even a, a lot of the current religious texts borrow things and stories from each other. They change characters, locations, time scale, but ultimately it boils down to the same, the same uh, premise. All right, give me another guess. Well, we mentioned him earlier, but we haven't come back to him. And I don't think he's going to be up towards the top. So I'm going to guess Hermes. Not herpes, everyone. Hermes. And I'm going to guess number eight. Buster, I know you've had a bad case of genital Hermes in the past. So I will be delicate with this topic. Mm. Hermes is number 10. Gotcha. Knew it. He's the god of commerce. Roman equivalent is Mercury. Hermes is considered the herald of the gods. He's also considered the protector of human heralds, travelers, thieves, merchants, orders. He's able to move quickly and freely between the worlds of the mortal and the divine, aided by his winged sandals. <laughs> Which sounds so fucking stupid. Like you couldn't just have wings. You got to have winged sandals. You're a god. Just give yourself wings. Winged sandals. Yeah, right. I mean, think <laughs> about flying on winged sandals. Like certainly the weight distribution of your body like would not like you'd be like flopping around and stuff when your shoes are trying to fly. Yeah. And they'd slip off your feet all the time. Your whole body would look like the tail. Exactly. <laughs> your shoes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Jeff Bezos is the modern Hermes. Why is that? Talking about commerce, quick transport, all around the world, just zoom zooming. The fact that I can get online, tell my wife, oh, I forgot to get this at the store. I click a button and it arrives at our house the following day. And one company achieved this in like a two-decade span? Yeah. This has Hermes hands written all over it. Or sorry, it has Hermes sandals written all over Amazon's takeover of the uh, delivery industry now. And they'll give it to you for the same price or usually cheaper than you'd get if you went and drove to a store. 
which a lot of people would say that's why Amazon employees are underpaid and all that, but whatever. It's wild, folks. It's wild. Jeff Bezos, Hermes, can't tell them the difference. It's like, it's like that meme of Pam holding up the two pictures of the office and she says, they're the same picture. <laughs> Jeff Bezos and Hermes. The gods will come down and interact with humans directly. So perhaps Jeff Bezos really is just Hermes in disguise, coming down, having a little bit of fun. Stirring the pot a bit. Stirring the pot. Well, then why is he taking rides in spaceships when he could instead just put on his winged sandals and fly up like a little birdie into the space? Because he's, he's trying to inspire humans. He's trying to make it look like he's one of us. How opulent of a display, just like Jeff Bezos and his 500-something foot yacht is trying to be the biggest yacht in the world, whatever. That's something that one of these Greek gods would have done. That sounds like them. Right up their alley. Yeah. And you mentioned inspiring humans. There's another god very closely associated with inspiring humans we'll get to. But Hermes was not that inspired because he was actually the soul guide, a conductor of souls into the afterlife. So is he the one that was like waving people in like, this is the way, come on, to the afterlife? Just turn around. He's like, hey, hey, buddy, over here. Just go the other way. Turn your ass around. Go on, get. <laughs> get, get on, get. <laughs> uh, he functions as a messenger of the gods and is often presented as the son of Zeus. One of Zeus's many illegitimate children. They're immortal beings and they need someone to be their carrier <laughs> pigeon so that they can get messages to That's one another. That's what I was saying about the blacksmith god. It's like, what is this shit? <laughs> just snap your fingers and it's there. Couldn't they just have telepathy? You'd think so. Because there's one of these gods, I think it was Poseidon. I might have cut it out of my notes, but I think it was Poseidon. He made a horse out of like just thin air. He like created the first horse. If he can do that, then why can't this blacksmith god just... So, so he could ride. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah, why, why don't you just vaporize halfway across the planet? Because you're a god. You don't have to ride a horse and be like, oh shit, I really got to tell Zeus something. You can hop on that horse for a six-day <laughs> bareback ride. <laughs> you just go. You just poof over there. No, he's not telling Zeus on a horse. Poseidon is telling Hermes, because Hermes is the messenger of the gods. Hermes is going back and forth between the gods. He fucking, fucking atheist. He's like... I'm trying to get into all sorts of thievery, debauchery. I'm trying to help people make money. And you gods just want to send messages back and forth all, all day like we're eighth are. graders in math class. Stop doing this so I can be a god of something. Mm -hmm. you, you know, every message Zeus is sending in these little pieces of paper is, <laughs> hey, want to fuck? <laughs> Hermes opens the paper and he's like, I knew what I was going to read. I, sh I shouldn't even open these anymore and just delivers it's them. It's those messages that you'd get in eighth grade. It's like... <laughs> Do you like me? Circle yes or no. <laughs> That's what Zeus's message is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's sending it to literally every god, goddess, human, hybrid, everyone on the planet. Well, fuck, let's talk about our horn dog here, Zeus. Where do you think Zeus is on the list? Number one. Numero uno. Number one. And it's funny because Zeus is actually an equal to his brothers Poseidon and Hades. Where Zeus becomes more powerful is he's actually the ruler of the gods. He's the king of the gods. Um, he's also the father of the gods and the father of men. His Roman equivalent is Jupiter, which is the largest planet in our solar system. Zeus's brothers are Poseidon and Hades. They split the world. Zeus got... Uh, what did Zeus get? He got the sky. Which is why he's the thunder god. And he's married to his sister, Hera, the goddess of marriage, women, and family but was infamous for his erotic escapades. These resulted in many divine and heroic offspring, including Apollo, Artemis, Hermes, Perseus, Hercules, among others. 
He ruled with absolute authority and command over his universe, but also had a bad temper and was very easy to provoke. If you provoked him, your ass better run because he would hurl thunderbolts at those who displeased him. You think they wouldn't even incorporate that into the myth, to the legend, because like all these bad behaving people that took Zeus's name in vain or whatever, they were getting struck by thunderbolts. You know, it's like the evidence is right there. There's no thunderbolts coming down. Like, I'm sure people occasionally got struck by thunderbolts, but I guess they just reverse engineered it. Like, oh, that person must have pissed off Zeus. Exactly. Yeah, they see the evidence after. It's hindsight bias. Yeah. I felt so bad for Hera. Time and time and time again, Zeus, she's like, look, Zeus, come to Jesus moment, aka come to you moment. Come to Zeus moment, yeah. Stop whoring around with every, literally everyone. I'm supposed to be the most lovely being you've ever laid eyes upon. And he's like, yes, baby, I'm, I promise we're at this great feast. Look at all these gods. There's nothing else in this universe I could want other than you. I love you so much. And literally the next morning, somebody will walk by with an ass that he just can't resist. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. And just goes in. And then Hera and him have another conversation. Yeah. It's time and time again. And I just feel so like, if Hera is a god, she's immortal, couldn't she do something to Zeus that's irreparable? Couldn't she, like, chop his penis off or punish him in some crazy way that he Not if she doesn't want to be punished. Anymore? She'll be punished for that shit. Well, there's that. There's that. Yeah, it's like an abusive relationship. It's very sad. Then Hera's self-doubt and self-loathing because Zeus was always unfaithful to her drove so much of her vengeance and resentment towards all the other gods and soured a relationship with her and everybody else. The only person you should be mad at is your husband. But she re- like hated everybody else at the table because he was literally banging the doors off of everybody at the table. Well, it's like uh, people in the Old Testament. You know, God wiped out enti- the world with the flood and he wiped out cities like Sodom and Gomorrah and you still have to worship him. And it's the same with Zeus. You might hate him, but if you show that, then your ass is getting struck with a thunderbolt. Sorry. <laughs> He's going to thunderchalk you like Pikachu. And also, you don't have to feel that bad for her, Buster, because she's not real. Not a real person. Mm. It's just a story. Are you saying that because she's a woman or because I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, Nick. That's a hot take. Oh, it's a hot take that Hera was not an actual person? Okay. Well, I guess she wasn't. She was a goddess. Well, she's not human. I'm your Venus. I'm your goddess. All right. Quick recap. Number 10 is Hermes, the god of commerce. Number 9 is Hephaestus. How do you say it? (laughs) You damn Hephaestus? Get over here now. It's Hephaestus. (laughs) How do you say it? Hephaestus, the god of fire and metalworking. You're missing 8 and 7. You have 6 Apollo, 5 Dionysus, and the line outside Dionysus' room of all the gods wanting to fucking partake in the intoxication and sex and savage ritual sacrifice. It's the party that never stopped. See, the thing about Dionysus, though, he was chill about it. He was relaxed. He's not pressuring you. He's like, hey, you want to have a good time? You're stressed from ruling, running all over the sky, ruling the fish, whatever you're doing, come over here, have some wine. Let's have a sex romp. Let's have fun. Put your feet up. Let your hair down. Let's get to it. But you have to sacrifice an animal first, savagely. (laughs) But let's be real, the gods didn't mind doing that. It's just another day at the office. You got to break a couple eggs and make an omelet. That's right. You need four, and then three, two, and one are the three brothers. Hades, Poseidon, Zeus. Hey, Dr. Buster here. 
Did you know that some of your fellow listeners knew the topic of today's episode weeks in advance? Say what? Well, that's because they're signed up to the free Tennis Podcast newsletter. The Tennis Pod newsletter hits inboxes on the first Friday of every month, and it is the only place to get the next month's worth of episode topics in advance. Hey, that's pretty sweet. That way you know in advance when and how Nick is going to disappoint you. Plus, you can read my exclusive blog in the newsletter. That's right. Yeah, boy. And my sidekick host, Nick, will also let you in on the latest behind-the-scenes notes and tidbits about Tennis Podcasts. Get all of this and more by taking about 10 seconds to sign up. Just go to tennispod.com slash newsletter. All we need is your email address and you are in. You can also check the show notes of this episode for a direct link. Don't waste another second. Go to tennispod.com forward slash newsletter to sign up right now. Let's talk about Zeus's wife herself, Hera. She's number 13, just outside the top 12. Ah. She's the goddess of marriage and childbirth. I'll go with another one that is common on people's minds, the god of war, and I'm sure a bunch of other things unrelated, and that would be Ares. Ares is the god of war at number eight. Eight. He is the son of Zeus and Hera. His Roman equivalent is Mars. He embodies the physical valor necessary for success in war, but can also personify sheer brutality and bloodlust. In contrast to his sister, the armored Athena, whose martial functions include military strategy and generalship. So Ares is kind of the brute force, violent one, and his sister, Athena, is the strategy and side of war. But she's tough and beautiful. We'll get to Athena. I got a couple things to say about her. Mm, she's not in the top 12, so we'll get to her right after this. Ah. But Ares has a limited role in Greek mythology. When he does appear, he is often humiliated. So he's kind of the Dr. Buster of the, of the Greek gods. <laughs> when you do appear on Tennis Podcast, you get humiliated. Most famously, when the craftsman god Hephaestus... <laughs> I, I can never say it. Hi, how do you say it? Hephaestus. Hephaestus. Yep. Hephaestus discovers his wife Aphrodite is having an affair with Ares, so he traps the lovers mm. in a net and exposes them to the ridicule of the other gods. And I'm like, you're a god and you're getting trapped by a net? Like, you got to reevaluate your goddom. And everyone's like, yeah, of course, you're the most hideous of us. Of course, she's going to be sleeping with Ares, the god of war. Yeah, the whole point was to set her up with uh, Hephaestus. <laughs> Hephaestus. <laughs> Fucking damn it. <laughs> set him up with him so that Hephaestus. So that she wouldn't be doing this shit and Aphrodite can't help herself. She can't. She's the creme de la creme. But before we talk about Aphrodite, tell me about Athena. What's your beef with Athena? Your hot takes. I'm probably going to screw up the details of the story, but it went something like this. That Zeus cheated on Hera once again for the thousandth time in a week. (laughs) And Hera tried to prevent her birth. And so something happened like Zeus swallowed her or she swallowed her. Or no, 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 she was alive in them, and she collected all of the armor parts from other people, like battle enemies. I don't know how she got all the, all the stuff. But eventually, when she gets regurgitated by whoever it was, she's already fully armor clad. And Zeus is like, oh, I'm going to kill you now because I don't want you. But then he's like, you know what? You're just so beautiful. 
I can't help myself. So welcome to the family. And then he welcome adds her to the family. <laughs> to, he adds her as a goddess. And then he opened an olive garden and said, Athena, when you're here, you're family. <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks for all. <laughs> yeah. She's supposed to be, you know, Aphrodite's the more one that people think of as beautiful, lusty, you want to have sex with. Athena's supposed to be the type of beautiful, elegant that, you know, you kind of admire, but she's classy and she's a warrior. She's a warrior? What does she have to worry about? She's a goddess. Well, you got to worry about your dad slash brother slash cousin trying to have sex with you all the time up there with his thunderbolts. These gods and goddesses, I think, are portrayed as humanoid, like they're human sized. You know, they're more powerful than than this shit, right? They're about like 80 feet tall. But Zeus is fucking these mortal women. Yeah, but they can shrink down. They can accordion down to human size so they don't scare them too much. Oh, right. Okay. There was a story. No, no, no. There's a story where Poseidon and Zeus are together. They're looking at the first humans. And Zeus says, be sure to make yourself small. You don't want to scare them. Poseidon walks up naked, I think. And he's still his 80 foot tall regular self. And they basically have like a psychological break because they can't fathom what they're looking at and they're in terror and totally break the first iteration of humans they see that 20 foot dick swinging around and maybe the dick just hit him (laughs) and flung him into space so then zeus and poseidon then he's like hey 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 this time remember we got to present ourselves in a stature that's similar to theirs so then they remember the second iteration of humans they don't have their brains split in half because zeus and poseidon are like seven feet tall when they introduce themselves to the humans okay Well, where I was going with that is if they're the size of humans, how are they regurgitating full-sized humans like Athena? But (laughs) Right. I guess that explains it. That all makes this very logical. It makes sense. No no qualms with that at all. Hey, it's like who's lands it anyway. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, you just make it up as you go. Well, Aphrodite, that old knockout herself, where do you think she is on here? Number seven. She barely breaks the list at 12. Mm. That's why I went to 12, because I wanted to talk about Aphrodite. She is the goddess of love, beauty, pleasure, and procreation. Oh, baby. <laughs> she was said to have emerged. <laughs> Tell me if you remember this shit. I, I swear to I'm, like, I'm not making this up. Aphrodite was said to have emerged from the foam generated when the severed testicles of her father, Uranus, <laughs> yep. were thrown into <laughs> the sea by his son, the Titan Cronus. Yep. Remember, at the very beginning of today's episode, I went through the brief history of the gods. Cronus was the one who was challenged and killed by Zeus, but Cronus himself killed his father, castrated him, threw his balls into the sea, and that's where Aphrodite came from. Cronus is so powerful, the foam from his severed nutsack <laughs> drifting in the ocean afloat creates a goddess. Not just a goddess, but the most beautiful, lustful goddess of them all. Yeah. Love, beauty, pleasure. So, Buster, do you think if I were to castrate you and toss your balls into the sea, what do you think would come from that? Maybe like a frog? About Jack, nothing. You're going to get nothing redeemable of it. Everyone's just going to watch the testicles float. No, you don't think... And then eventually they'll sink after probably an hour and everyone's going to be like, well, that was kind of disappointing. Let's let's go home. Everyone will be like, wait, I can't see them. Hang on, let me get my magnifying glass. Let me get my uh, binoculars (laughs) out. Can't see them. Let me get my telescope. Yeah. Or they wouldn't be able to locate him because some sea lion comes up and gobbles him down before anyone can get eyes on him. (laughs) Sea lion's like, what the fuck? Sea lion has a tummy ache for like a a year after that. (laughs) 
Well, then the sea lion regurgitates my son, oh. who then ends up challenging me for my spot on the tennis pod. Yeah. And he can have it. Your son can have it. Come here. <laughs> yeah. It's waiting for you. Buster's just keeping the seat warm for you, really warm with that booty. Do you know Aphrodite's Roman equivalent? No. Venus. Mm. Duh. Aphrodite was also married to Hephaestus. <laughs> Every time. Every time I say it, I like think, okay, I'm going to do it right this time. And then every time I don't. <laughs> Let's just anyway. call him Hephaestus and get, Hephaestus, get on with the it. the god of fire blacksmith. We talked about that. But Aphrodite was frequently unfaithful to him and had many lovers. In the Odyssey, for example, she is caught in the act of adultery with Ares, the god of war. Like we talked about that. And along with Athena and Hera... Aphrodite was one of the three goddesses whose feud actually resulted in the beginning of the Trojan War. So the Trojan War, which history shows was an actual war, we have Aphrodite, Athena, and Hera to thank for that. Women, they start all this drama. Mm. So before you guess numbers 11, 7, and 4, which is all you have left, I'm going to go through a few heroes and gods that people might be waiting for you to guess that aren't on the list. Okay. So number starting at 20 is Hestia, the goddess of hearth and home. 19 is Atlas, who was a titan god, one of the first generation, or sorry, second generation gods. Next was Eros, the god of love. Then you had Cronus, the one whose test, no, 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 he's the one who cut the testicles off of Uranus. Then you had Hercules, which was the son of Zeus. And then we had 15 Athena, 14 Artemis, 13 Hera. And then we're doing the top 12. So here are some famous Greek names that are actually not gods. And so they're not on the list. These are Greek heroes. Achilles, Odysseus, Perseus, Theseus, Icarus, Hector, Pegasus. Uh, Pegasus was actually a divine stallion. Mm. But yeah, in case anyone was waiting for those names to come up, they're not on the list. Four and seven are pretty well known. Eleven is a stretch. Although, no, you know this one because this is the one who Hades lusted after her daughter. Uh, is it Demeter? Demeter, yep. Number 11 is Demeter, the goddess of agriculture, grain, and bread, and pizza. Oh, wait, sorry. Not pizza, just bread. And Hades wanted to sow some seeds, am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah. The Olympian goddess of the harvest of agriculture. She presided over the crops, grains, food, and the fertility of the earth. Her Roman equivalent is Ceres. Or Ceres, maybe. In Greek tradition, Demeter is the sister to Zeus, among others on the list. When Hades, the king of the underworld, wished to make Persephone, which is Demeter's daughter. Persephone. He wanted Persephone to be his wife. So he abducted her from a field while she was picking flowers. Because you can't just walk up to her and say, Hey, will you go on a date with me? He's got a kidnapper because that's how these gods operate. Can you imagine the quality of male lovers back in the day? If these are the people they look up to and these, these are the stories they tell one another of their greatest inspirational beings, these are how the men conduct themselves. Imagine what the commoner in the city is doing. Being a woman at any time in history, I mean, even today is pretty scary, but being a woman, especially back then, when you had no rights and no protections, was terrifying. No respect. No respect. No equality. No. You kidding me? Yeah, it just, it's sad. It's sad to think about. Being a woman at any time is no picnic, but back then it was really hard. We don't mean that in a pandering way. Even uh, if you're the daughter of a goddess. So Persephone, she's still kidnapped by Hades in the underworld. 
Demeter is looking all over for her. And while doing that, she neglects her duties as goddess of agriculture, plunging the earth into a deadly famine where nothing would grow, causing mortals to die. And that's interesting because you can see how that comes to be, right? There's a famine, a real-life famine at some point in their history. And they say, well, what caused that? It must have been this goddess that was neglecting her duties. So you kind of, again, you reverse engineer the story there. So because of that, Zeus ordered Hades to return Persephone to her mother, Demeter, to avert the disaster. However, because Persephone had eaten food from the underworld, she could not stay with Demeter forever, but had to divide the year between her mother and her husband, which was Hades in the underworld. This explains the seasonal cycle as Demeter does not let plants grow while Persephone is gone. So that would be the winter months. Mm, that's right. I do remember that. That's the reason for the seasons. I like how Persephone ate some food and then she, she was kidnapped. She was upset that she had been abducted by the king of the underworld. But she was like, man, I am hungry, though. I'm going to eat this fucking rotten grapes down here or whatever the hell she could find. Um, and because of that, she stuck there for part of the year forever, for the rest of eternity. I remember Persephone as kind of a, an unaware, sort of like adolescent girl. She just kind of, eh, whatever, didn't care, kind of apathetic. She really didn't want to be with him, but she's just kind of hanging out, whatever, resigned to her fate, and she's just sitting there snacking on forbidden fruits, and then ends up finding out there's a big old cursy worsy that comes along with those snacks. A cursy worsy. Yep. Your ass only going to be coming up here once a year, and the rest of the time we're all going to be miserable and cold and frigid. Thanks a lot, Persephone. Which, hey, guess I shouldn't victim blame. The, the real problem is Hades, and Mr. By the Book yep. went astray. He didn't, though, because he followed the rule. The rules, whatever rule said, the law said, if you eat something down here, you belong down here now. And he said, sorry, babe, I don't make the rules, which I don't know if that's even true, but you got to stay down here now. And his version of courtship is just abducting somebody. Abducting someone and offering them a snack in the underworld. <laughs> but the Buster I know from high school era, Buster, I think he would have fallen in that trap. He wouldn't have been able to help himself. If there was a snack right there in front of him. He would have been stuck in the underworld. If somebody abducted me and they're holding me ransom, they're punching me, they're, they're punching ver you. verbally abusing <laughs> me, they're putting me through the ringer, they're stepping on my fingers and toes, they're throwing hot water on me. But then on the wall in between all these torture is a host of my favorite snacks. <laughs> You're damn right I'm going over there. Get a piece of cheesecake, some macarons. I mean, we're going to be we're going to be feasting it up. It's going to be good. Even if it means living in eternity down there? Well, see, I, did, I wouldn't know that at the time. Mm. I just wouldn't be able to resist myself. Still, it'd be worth it, though, I think. I'm like, damn, you have Snyder's honey mustard pretzels down here? Bro, I love that shit. I never hear anybody <laughs> talk about town. those, but I used to love those damn things. I put my toilet t through the... To the <laughs> I, put, I put the manufacturer <laughs> and engineer of my particular brand of toilet... <laughs> I put their skills to the test the following day, so it is a rare treat. God damn. Anyway, we've really gotten off track from the gods of Mount Olympus. Put your toilets manufacturer to the test. You are their personal quality control in the field. Like, hey, give Buster the Snyder's honey mustard covered pretzels. We need to put this new model to the test. All right, well, speaking of putting someone to the test, what type of athletic wear might a person today wear if they were going to test their endurance? You mean like... What brand of clothing? Oh, Nike. Nike is the goddess of speed, strength, and victory, and she is number seven. Interesting. I don't think this is one that came up in 
this book I said I wasn't going to mention again. Yeah, what's the name of that book? So everyone can take a drink. Mm. Don't say it. They're drunk enough. Nike was a goddess who personified victory in any field, including art, music, war, and athletics. Her Roman equivalent was Victoria. Now, the Greeks worshipped her because they thought she could grant them strength and speed in order to be victorious in whatever they set out to do. And you often see her seated next to Zeus as she helped him in his victory over the Titans. When really, anytime someone asked her for help, she was like, hey, just do it. (laughs) Quit making excuses. Wow. That was good. Also, I just have to say, the shoe brand, when they're coming up with a name, who they're going to personify, now that I know it's a Greek god and that was what she's a god of, that's pretty genius. Yeah. The name Nike. Well, so many things. Like, think about Apollo. And Poseidon's the name of, like, ships. Sure. Like, all, there's so many things that are borrowed from Greek culture, Greek mythology. But all you have left is number four, and he's a big one. He's actually a titan. He was part of the second generation of gods. Okay, it's got to be the unfortunate, forever tortured soul because he loved humans so much, he gave them fire despite Zeus telling him, boy, you son of a bitch, if you give him fire, I will smite you. And that would be Prometheus. You're right. But do you remember why Zeus didn't want that? Like he didn't want humans to get too smart? Is that it? He thought that if humans got fire, they'd be able to be self-reliant and they could advance civilization. They wouldn't need to rely on the gods. That's how petty Zeus is. I created you, but you have to always need me. It's like a parent who never wants their child to grow up. That's the Christian God too, by the way. That's every religious God. Well, uh, sure. But you're right. You have to worship me, need me for everything. And if you get fire, you're going to be too self-reliant. But Prometheus loves the humans. He loved to watch them thrive and grow and advance. So he decided it was going to be worth whatever Zeus had to dish out and gave them fire instead. You're right. Prometheus, the god of fire, is number four. He's best known for defying the Olympian gods by stealing fire from them and giving it to humanity in the form of technology, knowledge, and more generally, civilization. Like Dr. Busser just said, Zeus condemned Prometheus to eternal torment for his transgression. Prometheus was then bound to a rock, and an eagle was sent to eat his liver, because in ancient Greece, the liver was thought to be the seat of human emotions, which in hindsight is fucking hilarious. (laughs) Because the liver... (laughs) Nope. They're off on that. So his liver would then grow back overnight, only to be eaten again the next day in an ongoing cycle. Although in some versions of this myth, Prometheus was eventually saved by Hercules, which was Zeus's son. Mm. So this is the only example on this list that I could find where Prometheus is named the same thing in Roman mythology as well. It's also named Prometheus there. Yeah, interesting. In some versions of the myth, he is also credited with the creation of humanity from clay, which goes against the story you shared of Zeus and Poseidon. So there's, there's lots of different versions. Well, no, 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 you... I think you are correct. I did get it messed up before. Instead of Poseidon showing up, it was Prometheus and Zeus. And Prometheus forgot to dwindle his stature and yada yada. Mm -hmm. So basically, no one can trust a single word Dr. Buster says now or ever. Zeus asked Prometheus to make humans. And that's one of the reasons why he loved them and wanted them to do better. Yeah, you're right. Because he created them at Zeus's request. So Prometheus is known for his intelligence and... Allegedly. Alleged, right? These are all theories. But he's known for his intelligence and for being a champion of mankind and is also generally seen as the author of human arts and sciences. He was regarded in the Romantic era as embodying the lone genius whose efforts to improve human existence could also result in tragedy. 
Mary Shelley, for instance, gave the modern Prometheus as the subtitle to her novel Frankenstein in 1818. Frankenstein. So he's kind of a tortured soul. He's like a... He's powerful and he belongs on this list because he created humans and he gave us knowledge and fire and all this stuff, but he's also kind of the saddest tragedy in all of it. He had conviction for the things he cared about so much he knew that the most immature but most powerful God had something in store for him and he did it anyway. You better be careful. Zeus is going to send a thunderbolt down on your ass. He can bring it on down, son. Bring it on down, son. Strike me down. Let's go back through the top 12. Number 12. Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Uh, Number 11, Demeter, goddess of agriculture. Number 10, Hermes, the god of commerce. Number 9, Hephaestus, the god of fire and metalworking. Number 8, Ares, the god of war. Number 7, Nike, the goddess of speed, strength, and victory. And child labor. Child labor. Apollo's god of archery, music, and dance. He's 6. 5 is... Dionysus, the god of war and ecstasy and savage ritual sacrifice. Number four is Prometheus, the god of fire. Number three is Hades, the god of the dead, king of the underworld. Number two is Poseidon, the god of the sea. And number one is Buster's favorite, the god of thunder, Zeus. Oh, and we did forget Shuahuahua, the god of peanut butter. Mm. So what do you think, bub? Not bad. Was I a better resource to Greek mythology than this Stephen Fry fellow who may or may not even exist? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I would have liked to know, and you, I don't know if you have this on hand, or I guess you just did it from the very, the people who ordered and ranked the list, they just guessed based on all the things that they were capable of doing across the different yeah. stories. Because there, there's no way to like definitively say which gods are m- more powerful, right? So, but they, I think they used, the various stories to say, well, yeah, what well, you said, I think. Because there's other lists with different rankings, but they were all pretty similar. All of them had Zeus at number one. I didn't find a single one that Zeus wasn't number one. But I think we hit all the big boys and gals. We did. We got the gist of it. But I've always been interested and fascinated with Greek mythology. I love the stories, petty and unrelatable as some of them may be, but a lot of them will stand the test of time, like the ones I mentioned earlier. And also, the Disney movie Hercules is underrated. <laughs> it has Danny DeVito in it. They do have some good lessons and morals. You, you know, it's easy to extract some actual life sound, life lessons from the stories, even if you may hate the characters. And I don't hate the characters because I don't want to be smited like you. Which maybe that was part of it. Maybe for them and their, you know, kind of religious beliefs, gods didn't have to be likable. But what was more important is the lessons you extracted from the story itself, the interaction between the characters. Yeah. Kind of like with Breaking Bad, you don't have to like Walter White or Heisenberg, but you learn things and take away things from the interactions and transformation you see him go through in the show. And because of Breaking Bad, even though I had mixed feelings on Walt, he did help me become a drug overlord over a huge empire of blue meth. Nick, this is a mainline feed episode. You shouldn't be saying that. That's only for the patrons on Patreon, Tinnish Pod Plus. So, oh, have I not told you all this time that I've told you that I'm releasing your episodes to the public? I'm actually just saving them on my hard drive, and no one ever hears them. <laughs> That's probably better for the show, anyway. <laughs> what would you do if you found out that was literally the case? Would you be mad that you'd wasted all this time, or do you enjoy the conversations enough to be like, 
that was still worth it. You know, I would enjoy it, although a couple of things. A, I'd be super curious why the <laughs> why? lie in fabrication. <laughs> B, I'd be so curious how you got my own Spotify account and my own RSS radio feed to spit out the episodes that include me, but for everybody else's common feed, they're not there. Well, that's because I worked. I have people on the inside yeah. at those places to make it happen. I'd be so curious. I did it just to mind fuck you, just to fuck with you. I got to keep you on your toes. Well, we've all got to find ways to play as we get older. I got to keep you on your booty. Speaking of keeping you on your booty, this episode has been very fun. It's kept me on my booty. Next week, I'm going to be back with episode 218. I'm going to be with John from the Reddit on Wiki podcast. The week following, I'll be with Anna Keller. And then episode 220 in three weeks, Buster, you'll be back again. I want to thank everyone for listening. And if you want to hear the next episode early and ad-free, go to TennisPod.com slash plus. You know, I will have to say out there for people, I listened to an episode recently on Spotify. I forgot what it's like to experience the Tennis Pod with ads. And I went back to my Tennis Pod Plus RSS feed radio. That is a true, honest plug. I'm not making this up for shit's sake. It's not canned. Go over, do yourself a favor, for $5 a month, you can get away from all the ads, which there was a decent amount. Whoa. Plus, you can get bonus episodes, which are at least one or two a month. So, yeah, it's a good time. It's worth it. Support's a show, you fucking heathens. Buster's not getting a percentage of commission. I actually have to pay Nick yeah. for each minute I'm on the show. Yeah, and we're due for an upcharge as well. We got to hike up the yeah. price. It's really putting a financial strain on my marriage, but I am going to say it's worth it. Your wife told me it's worth it as well. She let me know. The ad-free access actually starts at just $2. So for $2, you can get in the door for ad-free access. $2? Yep. People won't even know $2 is missing from a monthly budget. Folks, there's no resist on. <laughs> get on. Sign up. What are you God doing? Damn. All right. Well, since we're here plugging shit, I'll say if you are listening to my voice right now on Apple Podcasts, couldn't be easier because you don't even have to go to tennispod.com slash plus. Instead, just scroll to the top of our page on Apple Podcasts and there's a button that says try free. Tap that. You'll get Tennis Pod Plus right there in the app and you'll also get a free seven-day trial. So, I'm done plugging. I appreciate everyone listening. If you loved this episode or you hated it, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, TikTok, at Tennis Pod. And if you want to get in touch with Dr. Buster, well, just find Hermes and have a message sent via him because he's the messenger of the gods. Plug it in, plug it in. Bye.